legacy means a lot of things to a lot of people. To some, it's lasting integrity. It's building and maintaining a history of greatness. It's making an impact on people and community. For others, it's dependable security and assurance in an uncertain time. To us, it's all of that and more. It's a mindset of brother and sisterhood of hardworking people dedicated to doing the right thing for you and those you care about. Of growing today for a better tomorrow. That's what legacy means at Southwestern Legacy Insurance Group. What does it mean to you? Let's talk legacy. Well, welcome to Let's Talk Legacy. I'm Gary Michaels, your host, and I'm really excited today to be speaking with a rock star in the sports and business industry, Jeff Morander. Most recently uh, was the executive vice president of ticket sales and service for the Ottawa Senators with over 30 years of proven experience directing sales strategy across the NHL, NFL, and NBA. And Jeff now, as we'll talk about, is between roles and looking into what will be the next stage of his life. And let's just dig in a little bit. And Jeff, first question, when did your passion for sports begin? You know, at an early age, uh, I... I grew up in a sports family. My dad was a coach. Both my brothers played all, all the sports. Uh, my older brother was drafted by the St. Louis Cardinals, turned professional. My younger brother was being scouted at the Mets. My uh, goal was to get to the professional ranks via the front office because they had more talent in their big thumb than I had in my whole body. So I always wanted to, to, to get into sports. I actually, it was between sports and being an Air Force pilot. And I didn't get a pilot slot as a ROTC candidate at Boston University. I got an AV slot and I turned it down. And so I immediately made my pivot to sports my sophomore year. Did you play growing up any sports at all yourself? Uh, football, baseball, basketball. Really loved football was my major sport. Ironically, I got into hockey for the majority of my 35-year career even though I don't know how to skate, but uh, football was was my prime sport. That's funny. So what is it do you think about athletics that draws you in? Well, I just love the team dynamic and an opportunity to be able to be a leader on the field or on the court. I was blessed being able to play quarterback on the football side, point guard on, on the basketball side, second baseman on baseball. So I was always in the middle of the action, but it gave me a, a real good uh, chance to show some leadership, but also to have that team sport. I, I, can't, uh, I can't play an individual sport. I just love that team dynamic. So over the last few years, you've spent the majority of your time with two organizations. Bring people up to speed on that. Sure. I was working for the National Hockey League in Midtown Manhattan for six years. And part of my responsibilities were to be a part of club consulting and services. And so I worked at, initially I worked with eight different teams and the Coyotes were one of those franchises. So I knew them as, as well as anybody at the league because I was boots on the ground in Arizona and working with them on uh, sharing best practices. And so when the team was sold out of bankruptcy from the league, one of their owners invited me to come interview here and go back to the team level. So I jumped at the chance. I always knew that I, I would go to the league, but I always thought I'd go there to get my doctorate, so to speak, and then go back and return to the team. I've been a team guy, you know, 29 out of the 35 years. And so uh, when the ownership asked me to to come, the league blessed it because I, I knew that organization better than anyone. And uh, it was a seamless transition. I mean, I knew so many of the team members and certainly knew the market. My parents retired out here 20 years ago. My sisters are out here. So 
I've been to, to Phoenix and the Valley uh, quite a bit since I was eight. It was a nice transition to go back to the team side. And that owner actually uh, recruited me to go to the Ottawa Senators. So interesting how things work out because I, I spent seven years with the Coyotes. And then when he became the president of business, he lobbed a call into me and said, what do you think about going to Ottawa? And I said, I'd love to work, work with you again. And Gary, as you know, I mean, in this business, it used to be, you know, organization, department, self, sort of the, the selections. And in recent years, people have really hooked their wagon with people that they know and trust more so than, than the organization. I mean, truth be told, I always wanted to work. In Ottawa, I, I did the All-Star Game there in 2012, and I did a little work with the Senators on the side um, with the blessing of the NHL. And so I always wanted to, to go to that market and work there, uh, so it was a perfect fit. Looking back at your time with Arizona, because you still live there, that's you know where your family is and you know it's where, what you call home. What was the biggest thing you were able to accomplish there, and what was your biggest challenge? Well, it was extremely tough because we didn't know if the team was going to be successful enough to stay in the marketplace. And so I was concerned about trying to turn a bottom third team around. And as you know, that doesn't happen overnight. It takes a, a good three, three plus years to, to do that, trying to lift them up and steer them in the right direction on the business side and hopefully coincide with uh, the, the growth on the hockey side and have a perfect storm to make a run at the playoffs. And so I spent an inordinate amount of time really on building that organization up to NHL best practices, if you will. And uh, even though I consulted with them, you know, being a consultant and being in there three days a week and then going back to New York uh, isn't the same as being there with boots on the ground every day. And so I upgraded the staff and, and really uh, tried to focus on turning the corner with uh, the business side of things. And it was fantastic, you know, to see us make strides on that front. But, you know, there's been several hiccups along the way that have challenged the marketplace. Are they staying? Are they going? Um, you know, broke the lease. Now the lease expires. So there's been trials and tribulations from the business side and, and from a fan perspective on whether the team was truly going to be, be here. But, uh, you know, I also know that we had to go outside and get get some extra help to bring our staff to a whole new level. Like there was some complacency within the organization of it's okay where wherever we finish we finish and for mm -hmm. me it was about reversing the trend i remember you showing me a sheet that showed all the teams and you guys were down like the second or third from the bottom <laughs> absolutely and you said my goal is to get up in the middle part of that pack and you did you did how did that feel like every day grind and in there with the team and see your team moving up in the rankings how did that feel for you? You know, it was a good reflection of the hard work. And when I say hard work, to your point, the grind that went into it for years. Now, we, we still didn't get to where we wanted to get to, but in different categories, you're right. We, we ended up getting uh, up into the middle third of the NHL, which was very fulfilling. And it gave us more fuel and energy to keep moving forward on that. You look at teams like Nashville and Carolina and Tampa Bay. Uh, even Chicago, you know, the, a lot of those teams were in the bottom third for many, many years. But then you look at where they are today and you realize that if you put in that honest, hard grind that you can actually flip it so that, you know, you make a difference even on the hockey side, right? The more revenue you generate, the higher the payroll that you can have to have a better product for the fans. So you had this opportunity to go back and work with an owner you'd worked with before, go back to an area where you had really fallen in love with Ottawa, but you had some challenges. I mean, you first of all had to be away from your family. 
then you had to deal with COVID. <laughs> One thing after another. Tell me a little bit about that transition and how you you were able to deal with it and what you were able to accomplish and not accomplish. Because I know it was a lot for you. It was a lot. <laughs> yeah, incredible toll on my family. And in the end, you know, it took me a year to figure that out before I returned back to Arizona. But it was a tough year, right? We had travel restrictions. We had COVID. You know, a lot of things were, we were locked down and shut down. I was in quarantine. 14 days uh, every time I crossed that border. So total of 84, four days that I was in quarantine, not easy, not easy on your mind, not easy on your body. You know, as great as technology is to be able to keep in touch with your family, it's still not the same, right? You're not breaking bread with them. You're not going to a volleyball game with them. You're watching it on online. But yeah, it was difficult from a personal standpoint, but also professionally, you know, it's a team that again is in a turnaround situation. Um, fantastic staff. I mean, the tenured staff in key positions there, I was very blessed to to inherit them and see how much uh, they were committed and loyal, not only to the, to the organization, but to the market. They're still there today. I still keep in touch with them because I believe in, in where they're heading there. They went through a rebuild, missing the playoffs for four years in a row. And, and now um, trying to turn the corner with a very young team out on the ice. And, you know, we, in the business side, we don't sell wins and losses, but it certainly helps when you win and people get excited about your team. And so I'm very optimistic about where, where they're heading and how they're going to get there. Um, do I feel like we accomplished some some good, very good things there? Absolutely. In terms of the, the foundation is is there to spring from, but uh, a, lot, a lot of work still to be done. And so I'll never, even though I leave an organization, I, I still, for example, spent a lot of time with uh, former NHLers that I knew and, and loved uh, from the league. And the same thing here locally, I'm, I'm based in Scottsdale, Arizona. So I'll go out to lunch and catch up with existing Coyote staff. And uh, it's in a selfish way, it helps me stay sharp too, because I'm keeping up with the times and how things are, uh, are changing rapidly. Right. You know, you 30 years, three decades, you've been in the sports industry. What's remained similar with all these sports? What's consistent in professional sports if you're working on the business side of it? Doesn't matter what team you're with. What's consistent? What a great question. I think the consistency in sports is that it's in the people, right? You look for people that have commitment and competency. But if you can only get one, if you can only get one, get the, get the person that's committed because you can teach them the competency. Yeah, I can't teach commitment, right? You either have that drive or that passion or or want to get better. I mean, that's that's one thing that I, I take great pride in is trying to be a play a small part of pr the professional progress of of the team members on, on my staff. You know, to see them um, bring it every day translates to success. When you don't have that commitment, all sorts of challenges that waterfall from there. It's interesting you say that because um, I was talking to our leaders about that. And I go, when you have a team, there's usually one of two issues that's the challenge. Is it a skill issue or is it a will issue, right? And you'd rather always have the will, right? If this guy's committed, if their head's right, they're positive, you'll teach them the skill set. It's the will that's so important. How did you keep your team motivated so much? Like I saw you at work and every day it was a grind getting those season tickets out, getting those individual game packages, making those contacts, sitting at their desk. How did you keep your team motivated? I think a combination of two things. One, to try to have some fun as a group, right? Contests and, you know, some some good banter back and forth. But then two, not treating everybody as a group, treating them individually and giving them the support and the direction 
uh, where they needed it. You know, if they were proficient with budgets and they were an expert in budgets, then we would give them little to no support or direction because we knew that they, they're great at it. If they needed some help with referrals, then we would give them more direction and, and more support. And so I think it was, yes, treating them as a group because it was group dynamic and having some things to do on that scale, but then also looking at the individual and saying, okay, what can we do to help this person? And you know, Gary, I mean, when you look at how some people, some people get there in, in a month or three months, and there's other people that it might take them an entire season before they have an epiphany and the light goes off and they say, wow, I can, I can really do this. And, and to see the confidence, the increased confidence that um, the staff has after one season heading into the second season, uh, that not only translates on the sales and service floor, but wow, to see them uh, become more comfortable, build their own uh, books, so to speak, and, and relationships, uh, it takes off from there. Well, now you played a key role in many iconic annual events like the NHL Winger Classic and some of the All-Star Games, um, the Heritage Classic. Tell us a little bit about some of these special events that you were involved in and how, how that made a difference to you to be kind of at the pinnacle of helping create some new things, because that's what drives me. I mean, building Southwestern Legacy, driving something brand new is what really is motivational to me to how to get something rolling and, and get momentum. And you were a big part in those things. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, no, I, uh, ironically, I ended up seeing my coworkers one night buried in work and staying late into the night doing some work and ticket operations for these signature events, like, you know, the outdoor game at, at Winter Classic at Fenway Park. And so I was like, I can take a later train home to New Jersey and help them out. And so I volunteered to help them out, but it was under the condition that I check my title at the door and whatever needs to be done, needs to be done. If I need to process tickets, if I need to stuff envelopes. So coworker and myself volunteered to help out NHL events leading up to that game. And then as fate would have it, I was, uh, had a family reunion in North of Boston. And so my two brothers and brother-in-law and I were going to the game. And so I said to the NHL events department, if you want me to help volunteer before the game, I'm happy to do so. But after the end of the first period, I'd like to go sit with my family and, and watch the second and third period. And they said, deal, we'll see you at 6 a.m. <laughs> so uh, I had to get down from North Boston down to uh, Fenway Park at 6 a.m. and jump into the mix with my teammates at the league. And I didn't think anything of it. It was just a volunteer activity for me and to be there for my teammates uh, because I know they would be there for me if I if I was uh, sucking on a fire hose with regards to ticketing strategy across all 30 clubs. And short time after that volunteer opportunity, the department head for NHL events, Don Renzulli, who used to do so many of the Super Bowls for the NFL, he came up to me and said, how would you like to join NHL events at the same time, keeping your full-time role? So basically do two, two jobs. And I said, I would love to. And so I jumped in, I had an office on the 14th floor. And then I had a workstation in the ticket office on the 11th floor. And what I lo loved the most about it, it was variety, right? I was doing <laughs> different things. So they made it so unique for me. I was doing things on the ticketing strategy side, which were very close to me in terms of knowing what I needed to do. But then NHL events was a whole new new uh, avenue for me to participate in. So it was great. And then it was on to Pittsburgh for the Winter Classic and then All-Star Games and NHL awards in Vegas and uh, Heritage Classic in Canada. So it was, it was terrific uh, experience. It was extra work and it was at a moment in our lives where I could put in the time. Um, so I, I was able to, to invest that time. It's so cool hearing you say this. I mean, I get chills and there's a lesson here for 
those of you listening on our podcast today, that if you get stale or you get into a position in your company that you're just not excited anymore and you don't have that excitement and that drive the way you did that first day and that first week and month, it's time to really look yourself in the mirror. We call it the man in the mirror thought process. Like don't look up to people above you to make your job better. Don't look down at what people aren't doing beneath you that doesn't make you happy, but you look yourself in the mirror and go, what can I do to be different? And I think that that's a legacy I want to leave is what can I do to be at my all in the role that I'm doing? We only get so many years of, of our life to live our life. Why would we want to be miserable in our work? <laughs> totally agree. I actually took on a third role of flying back and forth to Arizona while the league owned the Coyotes. So when you look at that natural transition, when I made the move back to the club site, that was just something that I couldn't say no to. And part, part of it is, Gary, is that, you know, my my great-grandparents came to both sides, came through Ellis Island, mm-hmm. and they brought with them this old world uh, work ethic. And my grandparents and my parents showed that and drilled that into us. I mean, for example, I took a Wednesday off for vacation and my grandmother and my aunt were like, what are you doing at home? It's called vacation. You need to be at work. Not you should be at work. You need to be at work. <laughs> like, and so it was this over-the-top industrious generation that filtered down and my brothers and sisters and I talk about it often because we loved that we were indoctrinated, you know, into that, into that work ethic. And so I never turned out like a second job. All right. If that's what works best for the league, I'm all after it. And, uh, and the same thing when deputy commissioner asked, uh, you know, to go back and forth to, to Phoenix, to, to help with the coyotes and transition. So, you know, for me, it, it's, it is about, you know, staying fresh and, and having something exciting to uh, tackle, but uh, it's also rolling up the sleeves and and putting that work. It's both. I always say either and as opposed to either or. Good point. COVID, um, it's had an enormous impact on all of our lives, on live attendance at, at sporting events. It's had an impact on your employees and people that were on your team. What are some of the biggest takeaways you've taken away with how to deal with COVID, how to deal with it in the workplace, how to deal with it personally, emotionally? How did you work through COVID over the last couple of years? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, you look at COVID and the challenges that we all faced. I mean, for me, I'll, I'll use Ottawa as an example. Not only am I, do I have the distance of being away from my family and the challenges that that creates because you feel like you're out of the mix. At the same time, it provides you a lot more time to be engaged with your current friends and team members. And so for me, I, I spent a lot of hours with my teammates as much as we could, um, given the the different guidelines that were there, but, and they uh, were sensitive to it too, because we're all going through it together, if that makes sense. For example, for Canadian Thanksgiving, I was in quarantine, so I couldn't celebrate Canadian Thanksgiving, but one of our directors drove over with a plate and a beverage and put it on my front door <laughs> and texted me and said, happy Thanksgiving. And sure enough, I go to my doorstep and there it is. But that was the kind of team that I was a part of and that we would bend uh, but not break. And so if people had challenges where their kids' school bus driver didn't show, right? There was a school bus driver uh, shortage in Ottawa. We would allow people to work from home and and juggle that. There was mental challenges, physical challenges, uh, family challenges. It, it was across the board, quarantine, restrictions, lockdowns, you name it. And so we just, we just get through it. But it, it, talk about a grind. It was the longest year I've ever had. And I think one of the things that got me through it and, you know, I do share some personal aspects of my life with the staff so they know that I am more similar to them than, than not. Uh, and one of the things I've always said is for my legacy, I want to be a stepping stone for my daughter and her and nieces and nephews, right? 
And on the business side, my late mentor, uh, William E. Barnes, he taught me, why don't you take your personal goal for a legacy and make it your professional goal? In other words, be the stepping stone for your coworkers and get them to where they want to go. And so I did spend more time in terms of talking to them about, okay, I get all the current challenges that we're having, but where do you want to be in three years? Where do you want to be in five years? And how are you going to get there? But, you know, it, it's interesting because you never truly know what kind of impact you, you had. Um, but for me, it starts with the people and they helped me in Ottawa as much as I feel like I helped them. So let me ask you this. What does legacy mean to you, Jeff? For, for me, it's uh, as simple as how are people going to remember you uh, either personally or professionally? You know, for me, listen, everybody's different, right? But I have stepped back here, a chance to step back and really look at my my compass and look at my goals. And for me, I am going to keep my same goal as being a stepping stone, but I, I want to focus more on my, my wife and my daughter because I feel like they lived the, what I lived the last year wasn't a pleasant experience for them. And so I, I feel like I can be a good husband and a good father and a good son and a good sibling while still getting to my goal of being a stepping stone, right? I just, I just want to reverse, reverse it a little bit. And part of that is balance, right? Part of that is balance. I, I never uh, had very good balance um, until I worked for the league because then I wasn't responsible for games three times a week or what have you. So I learned how to pick up balance there. But uh, I noticed when I was in Ottawa and on the, uh, essentially on the road for a year, I wasn't engaged when I was engaged. I wasn't focused. I wasn't part of the conversation as much as I needed to be because I was always worried about work, looking at my phone. Oh, there's another email. There's another, there's always going to be another project to do. Right. And what I've found coming back here is now I've made it a priority to say, okay, I'm pushing all the clutter to the side and I'm going to focus on my spouse and my child and extended family. And that will make me better or better positioned to be the stepping stone. Right now I'm part of their lives again. If I had to do it all over again, no way do I make that move. But the silver lining is now I'm focused and I've reprioritized and I feel like I can still accomplish my legacy goals. That's the key. Personally and professionally, right? Because it's a legacy that we leave behind. We live, you know, our biggest thing that people desire is love. To have love from your family, from the people around you. And most people, that's part of their legacy. And how appropriate it is that you got to do what your heart told you was the right thing at the time, but have the freedom in your life to make a decision to move on. It's totally in line with legacy. I think about often the words, be present, be present. And that's who you want to be, Jeff. You've been able to grow through this whole process. That's awesome. If someone wanted to be in touch with you just from your expertise, for consulting, just to chat with you because they see similar storylines and similar things that you've gone through that they'd love to talk to you. Is there a way someone could be in touch with you in the future? Absolutely. I'm a heavy user on LinkedIn, um, which has my email as well as my cell phone on there uh, for people that want to reach out. That's part of it, Gary, for me is giving back. My late mentor molded and, and tutored and mentored me when I was at 22 years of age and he always took the time. And so I caught a real lucky break to get into the sports business. And so I've always carried that forward with me to say, hey, I don't care who you are, if you're coming out from outside of sports or you're looking to break into sports, I'm happy to, to share my experience and give any advice that may or may not fit. But usually through LinkedIn is the best route. For me, I'm, I'm willing to give back and, 
if nothing else, you know, I, I learn things too, and I'm happy to uh, be available, if you will. Awesome. Well, I'm Gary Michaels. We've been talking with Jeff Morander. Everybody have a great day. If you've enjoyed today's podcast and want to learn more, visit us at southwesternlegacy.com. Shoot us an email via our easy contact form to find out how you can become an agent or how we can meet your needs for final expense coverage. You can find this and other episodes at letstalklegacypod.com on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Let's Talk Legacy is a presentation of the Southwestern Legacy Insurance Group, a member of Southwestern Family of Companies. Thank you.